Okay, we will continue our sermon sessions in the Gospel of John. We are in chapter 17. We will look at the portion of scripture from verses 11b down to verse 26. And we will continue within the context and the theme of things taking place and revealed for our Lord and Master and the hour in which he is about to depart to fulfill the sacrifice on that cross. And he, in this chapter here, is speaking, of course, to his father and the equality he has with his father, the relationship with his father, and also on behalf of his apostles, the 11 apostles at hand, who which are being addressed from chapter 14 through 16, in the instruction and information that is necessary for the office, their task, at hand. And so we will begin to read and move forward with the text. Verse 11b says, Holy Father, keep them in your name. Them, speaking of the 11 apostles, who would have the poured out power of the Holy Spirit upon their minds a supernatural, a miraculous endowment of power upon their minds, fulfilling, of course, the prophet Joel. And this here is recorded as it was witnessed in Acts chapter 1. So he is speaking to his father, the son speaking to the father on behalf of his apostles. Holy father, holy speaking of his Uniqueness set apart. Holy Father, keep them in your name. Your authority, your descriptive authority, keep them. Hold them secure. The name which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are. That is most important to, to recognize to honor, to respect, to learn from, and to apply, to practice. It is not speaking one in singular fashion in accordance to, let's say, one apple, if you will. However, it is one of the same mind, collective, from several uh, 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 vessels, members of the one body. The Father, Son, and Spirit are God. There is but one God, monotheistic, one God, in three persons. You cannot separate the Father from the Son from the Spirit. Though each has a task and a office, you cannot separate them. They are one. Look at the religious landscape of our current era. As it was in the first century, the same confusion exists today. How many are divided in our nation religiously? That does not come from God. God would have us as one, for there is strength in one. And this is the prayer, and this is the equality that he seeks for his Apostles, who in turn, of course, in turn, of course, with the instruction of the Holy Spirit, they would speak, would have us, even to this age and now, 
as one people. Holy Father, keep them in your name, the name which you have given me, that they may be one even as we are. Let's not miss this. The name that was given to Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, the Chosen Savior of mankind. More accurately to the context in which he is speaking, Christ, Christian. While I was with them, verse 12, well, even prior to that, let's, let's go back here. Holy Father, keep them in your name, the name which you have given me, that they may be one even as we are. I want you to keep your finger there in, in John chapter 17, and I want you to go just a few pages afterwards in Acts, the book of Acts. And I want you to find chapter 11. Acts chapter 11. And I want us to read together and pay attention to verse 26. And I will quote. Acts chapter 11, verse 26. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. And for an entire year... They met with the church and taught considerable numbers. And the disciples were first called what? You can say it. Christians in Antioch. Okay, let's go back to John chapter 17. Verse 11b. Holy Father, keep them in your name, the name which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are. The authority and the name and the description, Christian. It is the name given when you are born into his family. If you are born in my family, you will have my family name. That makes sense, doesn't it? My son Joshua was born in my family, so naturally his name will bear our family ancestry, which is Maye. Joshua Maye. Zoe Maye. Kenan Maye. Maye. <laughs> our American friends... They're like, how do you pronounce that? I said, okay, this way. M-Y, my. Okay, one word, my. The next word, Y-A-Y. My, yay! And they're like, oh! Because in the way it's spelled, right, M-A-I-L-L-E-T, it's so easy to say, mail it? And we know what... <laughs> We know all about that with solicitors who call. May I speak to Mr. Maylett? There is no Mr. Maylett here. Sorry, sir. Okay, bye. <laughs> so, if you are born 
in the family of God, there needs a birth. That birth is by the power of God, and you are given the family name of God. And what do you think that name is? Christian. Christian. You see, I can't make myself a Christian. You can't make yourself a Christian. It's not up to us to make ourselves Christians. Who makes us Christians? Christ, God. When we are born into his family, he says, you are a Christian. Is it true that there is an ocean of individuals out there who profess to be Christians who are not? Well, we would be lying to ourselves if we would not accept that truth. Absolutely. That's why we rely on God. And he is speaking this here information to the Father on behalf of his apostles. And the principle remains true and real. While I was with them, he says in verse 12, I was keeping them in your name, which you have given me. And I guarded them, and not one of them perished, but the son of perdition, so that the scripture would be fulfilled. It's about the scriptures, and it's about the fulfillment of the scriptures. And who do you believe is the son of perdition? Judas? Of course. Judas. And perdition means destruction. It means ruin. It means loss. So to be a son of perdition is to be a uh, 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 offspring of destruction and ruin and loss. How so can a man have had the ancestral conclusion in destruction in ruin and in loss, sin. Sin was found in the mind of Judas. Judas, of a free will, chose to allow sin to penetrate his heart in an act of betrayal and defiance and rebellion and betrayal of his friend, his master. Jesus would say to the religious leaders of the day. You belong to your father. Your paternal ancestry is the devil, a murderer and a liar from the beginning. The son of perdition was a son. He had a paternal ancestry. What is that? Destruction. It is the end result of sin. Interestingly enough, to the scripture's fulfillment, Judas had the free will to repent and not betray Jesus. He did. But he didn't repent, did he? And yes, it is true. There would have been another Judas. Why? Because mankind corrupts himself and does evil towards our fellow man, towards our own friends. Keep your finger in John chapter 17. Let us go to Acts chapter 1. Just a few pages over. Just a few pages over. Acts chapter 1. 
This is called rightly handling the Bible, to which we are commanded to do. In Acts chapter 1, verse 16, together, we see the information. I quote, it says, Brethren, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit foretold by the mouth of David concerning who? Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. He became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. He is the son of destruction. Now, in the book of John, just one page over in chapter 19, Jesus speaking again of Judas. Verse 11, chapter 19, the Gospel of John. I quote, You would have no authority over me unless it had been given you from above. For this reason, he who delivered me to you has the, what now? Greater sin. You see, there is measurement in sin in accordance to its consequence. How so? Judas should have known better than to betray his friend, the Christ, his master. It was to fulfill the scripture. God permitted it. He is always in control. And he speaks this information. Again, I quote verse 12, chapter 17, John. When I was with them, I was keeping them in your name, which you have given me, and I guarded them, and not one of them perished, but the son of perdition, so that the scripture would be fulfilled. We move forward. Verse 13. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, so that they may have my joy made full in themselves. Dear brethren, whom I love and value and cherish, do not live a faith void of the joy which is available in Christ. To know Jesus, His love, His instruction, to live upright and decent, great joy in His commands are found. I, verse 14, have given them, so I the Son have given them, the eleven apostles, your, what now? Word. You see, the book we hold in our hands is that word. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. Why does the world hate us? Why does the world have great hostility and persecution against those of us who are faithful? Because of the word. Because the word calls the world into a change they do not wish to obey. I have given them your word, 
And the world has hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Speaking of the spiritual aspect in which we must live. We see things spiritually through our faith. We recognize this information. Verse 15. I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. They have a task to fulfill. The apostles do. The apostles have a task to fulfill. They will be bestowed by the power of the Holy Spirit and must therefore be agents and vessels of the gospel information which would allow all to become legal citizens of the kingdom. Again, witnessed and recorded in the book of Acts chapter 1 and 2. Uh, I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. They, verse 16, are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Verse 17. Verse 17, very important. Key verse. Sanctify them, the apostles. Spe the son is speaking to the father, saying, Father, set them apart make them holy who the 11 apostles and there will be another won't there paul make them holy set them apart make them unique and different than this world who hates your word how so in which location in what instruction where are we to be made holy how are we to be set apart? In truth. You see that? And the definite article, which is the grammar of the T-H-E, the, speaks of a unique truth. Sanctify them in the truth. That is an objective, absolute reality of our existence. And what is the truth? Well, Jesus says in this verse here, 17, Your word is truth. Do we understand that? This book is the truth. Sanctify them. We are set apart from the world and its fallen, dying ways. We are set apart and made holy, upright, with integrity. How so? The truth. What is the truth? His word. Thy word. It is reality. And as John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32 revealed, it sets us free from the bondage of myth and false religious beliefs and traditions, of sinful practices and thoughts and speech. It sets us free from the bondage of the dying realm. And it adds us to the location of spiritual fulfillment Joy, peace, family, love, forgiveness, faith, 
Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Verse 18, as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. For their sakes, verse 19, I sanctify myself. The Christ in his obedience has set himself apart, made himself holy, for he is worthy of such a task. That they themselves, verse 19 again, also may be sanctified, set apart, made holy. Where now? In location. What? Truth. Reality. Verse 20, I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those also who believe in me through their word. That they, verse 21, may all be one. What is the unification of our faith? The Word. The Word. We cannot be unified if we are divided in doctrine. We cannot be a united body of believers if I say one plus one makes two, and you say one plus one makes three, and the other one says it makes four, and the other one says it makes five, we cannot be united in division. It is the structure of God that we all speak of the same like-minded judgment, that all of us here together in strength and unity say one plus one makes two. So when the world out there tries to have us believe it makes three, we together in strength say, no, it makes two. And some out there will say, wow, look at this beautiful church family who stands like-minded in unity with the reality that sets men free. And they will want to be here with us and they will want to study this information. That they may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. You see how that works? If we here as the East Coast Church of Christ, and let's all pay attention to this information, it is most valuable to our faith. If we here as the East Coast Church of Christ, the church which belongs to Jesus Christ, if we are like-minded in the doctrine of this word which sets us free, the world out there, those who humble their hearts, will seek that information. So that the world may believe that the Father sent the Son. Keep our fingers here in chapter 17, and let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. That's a little, that's a few books ahead. You have Acts and Romans, and then after Romans, 1 Corinthians. In Corinth, believers were beginning to cause faction, division. They were starting to divide themselves in different beliefs and loyalties. And that is a sin. That is lawless. That 
is not pleasing to God and it has great consequences. You will see 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. Paul speaking to Christians. Now I exhort you, brethren, by what now? The authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree and that there be no, what now? Divisions among you but that you be made complete in the same mind and in the same judgment. Do we see that there? The East Coast congregation that belongs to our Lord and Master must not be divided. We must remain as one. How? Same mind. Same judgment. We all want to follow Jesus according to his doctrine. We all defend the truth, which is one plus one makes two. We must adhere to this pattern, for it is inspired and God breathed. It is true in the way we worship God, in the uniqueness of the plan of salvation, in the behavior and conduct of Christian uprightness, in church discipline, in all facets of our Lord's doctrine, He commanded unity. Out there in the world is an ocean of division, and they are divided by their creeds, statements of faith, and they have distorted and accursed themselves in doctrines that do not belong to Christ. Yet we will find in them moral people, decent people, kind people and it is not their character that we have disagreement with it's the structure and doctrine of the Christ that has us united as one and just think of it if Canada and its believers would follow the uniqueness of this book we would all be faithful members of the church Jesus built and no other and imagine the influence we would have. See, that is why, in pattern and principle, through the ages of the Old Testament, when the Hebrew nation was faithful to God, no earthly kingdom could destroy them. None. They had ancestral privileges. They had uh, a security. They had nourishment and all provisions given to them. They were not under a tyranny, an oppression. They were free. If we in this nation are to be free to that measurement, we must be united in our Lord's church. We keep going. Verse 22 says, the glory which you have given me. And glory, we remember from verse 1 of the same chapter in John, substance of character. The substance of character. When someone has substance of character, we tend to have a memorable thought 
of that individual. I can go back to my very young ages and remember individuals I've been in contact with in my life that have held a memorable thought in my mind. How so? Because they had substance of character. We as Christians must have substance of character. We must be different than the fallen world. We must act and speak differently, think differently. The glory which you have given me, I have given to them. You see, the son will have to uh, be murdered for the cause of the gospel, for the redemption of mankind. You see, the substance of his character is given in his sacrifice. And he will in turn give that to his apostles. And his apostles will be sacrificed for the gospel cause. You and I today are the recipients of persecution. It is so that we understand the substance of character. That they, verse 22, may be one just as we are one. In your personal studies, you can highlight everywhere it says one. And you will recognize how this is not an opinion. This is a God-given instruction and command that we be one and that this substance of character be held strong in the fulfillment of the scriptures through the word which sanctifies this here pattern. In verse 23, I in them and you in me, that they may be perfected in unity so that the world may know that you sent me. Again, going back to verse 21, so that the world may believe that you sent me and here that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you have loved me. Dear friends, it is about love. It is a message of love. Unity is love. The word is love. The truth is love. His love. I in them and you in me, that they may be perfected in unity, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you have loved me. Father, verse 24, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, be with me where I am, so that they may see my glory, my substance of character, which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. Before Abraham was, I am. O righteous Father, verse 25, although the world has not known you, you yet I have known you. And these have known, these apostles have known that you sent me. And I have made your name known, verse 26, to them. And I will make it known so that the love with which you loved me be in them and I in them. In context, again, he is directly speaking to his father in relation, in regards to his 11 apostles. Yet, in practical application, 
for you and I today, we can understand what that means. We become one with the Christ in our faith through immersion, born again, out of water, and the Spirit added to His kingdom and no other, submissive to one another, submissive to our eldership, united in the autonomy of this local assembly. We belong to Christ. And if you highlight the words that have depth and substance to your uh, study, you will find such words as fulfillment, scriptures, joy, word, sanctification, the truth, uh, uh, belief, glory, knowledge, knowing, love, and always in repetitive theme, unity, one, one. And that will conclude this portion of scripture in the chapter, uh, chapter 17 of the Gospel of John. We must always keep in mind uh, uh, the uh, uh, um, love that Christ has for us and what the, of course, in context, the apostles were going to have to go through in the fulfillment of their task and their office. And uh, it is indeed a wonderful and powerful instruction. Uh, we can move forward now and have ourselves a song. <laughs>